Jesus says, whoever is not against us is for us. Good morning, Christian America. Today, what we're going to talk about is in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9, starting in verse 38. Jesus is continuing his ministry. He's continuing to teach and lecture his apostles on what it means to be in the kingdom of God. He's going through a series of miraculous feats, healings, and uh, exorcisms, and along with that comes the lessons from Jesus himself. Let us get into the Word of God today. Pick up your Bibles. Get your minds right. It's going to be a great week. We're going to start it off by getting into Scripture. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. If you support what we're trying to do here, if you support the revitalization of the Christian faith across this land, we ask that you like and share this video. We don't ask for donations. And I know that's a shock. You're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, there's a religious organization, there's a religious institution out there that doesn't want our money, that doesn't want donations. That is right. We don't ask for donations. We seek your participation. Participate in the Christian American community. Participate in the Christian American revitalization effort by liking this video, by sharing this with your friends, by posting this on your social media profile. We, we, we encourage all of that. We want interaction. We want participation. We don't want simply donation uh, because that's how we increase the faith of not only ourselves, but of those around us, those in our communities by participating, be an active member and to be an active member of the Christian American community, the Christian American revitalization effort. You got to get out there. You got to read scripture. You got to understand what we believe and you got to be able to defend it, you know, emotionally as well as intellectually. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to, to do three things. One, provide inspiration, provide education and provide information about what's going on that affects Christians across this nation. How do we interact with the world in order to solve the problems that the secular world has imposed on itself? These problems that we have in our nation, these problems that we have, these divisions, these political divisions, these ideological divisions, um, all the, the hatred and, and the vitriol that you know that you see, you know that you hear, you know that you uh, visualize here on social media. Hopefully you don't participate in it, but I know sometimes uh, we fall into that trap. But the reason we have those conflicts, the reason we have those issues is because we've turned away from God. We've turned away from the word of God, the example of God, the lessons that Jesus gives us. He's going to give us one today, and that's what we're here to talk about. If you turn to your Bibles, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9, we're going to start on verse 38 today. And this is a series of teachings that Jesus, and miracles, that Jesus is embarking on that that. Mark has captured in this gospel, and we've discussed uh, more uh, in the past, that Mark's gospel is very brief. He gets right to the point. If, if you know the history of Mark's gospel, there's a whole history behind that. Uh, but, but essentially, Mark is a student of Peter, and he's regurgitating the factual information, things that he doesn't want to get wrong. And so 
um, he, he documents it really quick and it's right to the point. And so in this, in this gospel, things are happening quickly. And so Jesus is performing miracles. And as he's performing miracles, he's also answering the questions of his disciples. He's answering the questions that they have about the kingdom of God and how should we think about this or what should we do about that? And, and today's example is just one more lesson in the litany of lessons that Jesus provides his apostles. So what we try to do here is we try to take the word of God, what Jesus says, and understand it in the context that he gives it in, but also understand it into the context of the lies that we live in and the traps that we fall into in this secular world that we that we are that we have to live in and so that is what we try to bring to you here on this monday so again if you grab your bibles turn to the gospel of mark we're going to start on chapter 9 verse 38 and follow me here now it said it says now john said to him teacher we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us Jesus replied, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ. Amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Okay, that, that's only four lines. That's only four verses of scripture here in this gospel that, that we bring to you, right? But in those four lines, we have enough wisdom to last us a lifetime. Because first and foremost, right before this, Jesus drives out demons. So that is the context in which John in this passage is coming to Jesus. He just performed a miracle. He just drove out a demon that no one else was able to drive out because of their lack of faith. And he just explained to them. And so if, if you have any questions or if you want to go over that, go to last week's podcast and listen to what we have to say in the context of that reading of that portion of scripture. And so John comes to him in that context that he just, he just performed this great miracle that no one else could do. And he says, and, and he says, teacher, we saw someone else driving out demons in your name. Okay. That's interesting, but he's, but why is John bringing this to Jesus? Because if the, the following verbiage says that we tried to prevent him. So here John is, the beloved John, John the beloved, the John who is with Jesus to the end, John who is at the cross with Mary, John who would, would write his own gospel and the book of Revelations. But at this point in time, which is why the teaching and the ministry is so important, because you get to see the evolution of the way that the disciples think from from being lost sheep, from being fallen, from having all these questions and doing the wrong thing, knowing that John is eventually at the foot of the cross. But at, at this point in, in where he's at mentally in, in, his, in his faith life, understanding who Jesus is and, and what he came to do, he's just not there yet. So he's very much like us. And he said, we tried to prevent him. Think about that. Someone is good, doing good deeds He's driving out demons 
in the name of Jesus, but John wants to prevent him. And it's not just John because it said, he says, we, we don't know who we is, maybe all 12. Maybe John's brother, James, maybe Peter, who, who knows, right? He said, we tried to prevent him. Someone's doing a good deed for other people, but just because it's not, they're not a part of your group, you want to stop them? That's what Jesus says. It, don't, don't prevent him from doing good deeds in my name. Just because he's not with us doesn't mean that God is not with him. Just because he doesn't belong to this group doesn't mean that God also isn't in his life, isn't involved in his world, isn't a part of his heart. Jesus says, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name that can then speak ill of me. Interesting. For whoever is not or for, for whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward, right? Like we're part of a community. We're a family. Jesus is saying, look, this is not about you individually. This is not about this little group of 12 that I've assembled that, that is the only thing that matters. He's saying, don't prevent someone from doing good just because you don't get credit. Don't prevent someone from doing a mighty deed in the name of Jesus simply because you don't know him. You don't know where he comes from. You don't know his family. You don't know his kids or his parents. You don't know anything about him. He's a stranger to you. But that doesn't mean he's a stranger to God. Don't we fall into this camp? Aren't that, isn't that what all the denominations of Christianity come about? Because each, each little group wants to be, their group wants to have all the glory. If you're a Methodist and, you know, God speaks to all the Methodists, right? If you're the, the, the Methodist church is the way to be. The Methodist church is the true word of God. The Methodist church is the way you're supposed to teach. And if you go to, you know, a Baptist church and like the Baptist church is the, the teaches the true word of God. And our people are the greatest people ever. And if you go to the Lutheran church, you get the same thing. If you go to a Catholic church, you go to the same thing. If you go to a variety of churches, you get the same kind of message, especially within the people. And even within those organizations, even within those denominations, you have sub-denominations. You have your people who have their own version of the Lutheran church, the own version of the Methodist church, their own version of a certain section of baptism, the, the Baptist church, right? You have various groups and each one of those groups, why do they exist? I would assume, presumably because they wanted credit at some, at, if you go further back enough, you, you, you find a group of people, you have somebody that wanted credit and said, wait a minute, these people over here aren't with us. Know, and or they said you know what we're not going to be associated with those people over there and we're going to start our own well that's all well and good but what jesus says here 
is that if someone wants to do some good in my name, do not prevent him. So you shouldn't be going to that other denomination. You shouldn't be going to that other part of the church. You shouldn't be going to the to the 12 o'clock church service and, and, and just because you go to the, usually to the five or six o'clock church service and say, well, y'all group, I don't know. I'm not sure about your group. This Bible study over here, we're, you know, we're doing great things. I'm not so sure about that Bible study over there. If they're doing good deeds in the name of Jesus, do not prevent them. You shouldn't be trying to prevent them, either not by stopping them, but also by talking bad about them, by trying to, to, trying to undermine what they're trying to do. If they're trying to do good works, if they have good intentions, if they're doing the good deeds in the name of Jesus, that Jesus says, if they're driving out demons in the name of Jesus, do not prevent them. Don't let your ego, don't let your arrogance showcase your ignorance by stopping someone who's, who's got good intentions, who's got God in their heart, who's trying to do good stuff just because you don't get credit for it or your group doesn't get credit for it. Just because you don't get a pat on your back, just because you don't get a, a headline in the local newspaper, just because you don't get your picture taken, just because you can't post it on Facebook like they can post it on Facebook, whatever the case is. We talked last week also about humility. And we, we, we talked to you briefly about what Paul says in the first part of his letter to the Philippians about living in humility. Although Christ came and is equal to God, he never sought equality with God as something to be, to be reached, something to be attained. He, instead, he came in the form of a servant. He came in the form of a man, not a rich man, but a poor man. Not a wealthy man, but a working man. Born in Galilee when people laughed at him when they thought that someone from Nazareth, someone from Galilee could be the Messiah. That's how he came. He came as a baby born in a manger, someone who couldn't afford a place to live or stay or even have uh, give birth. We have to start getting off of our high horse. We have to stop being so arrogant in everything that we think that we know simply because we can Google it. And then turning our fire on other people who are trying to do the right thing. And friends, if we agree with somebody on nine out of ten things, that person should be our friend, not our enemy. If we're in the community of Christ, if we are children of the Most High God, and we actually believe that, and we actually mean it when we say that we are a follower of Christ, then we need to change our attitudes on how we treat each other, especially the people who are not closely associated with us. You got to give some credit where credit's due. And when people do good works in the name of Jesus, do not prevent them. Do not talk bad about them. Do not gossip about them. Don't, do not try to undermine what they're trying to accomplish because they're trying to accomplish it in the name of Jesus. Does that ring true? Have you encountered some of these issues like this? I tend to believe you have. I'm pretty sure we all have. That's the reputation that the Christian community has gotten over the last 
50, 60 years as a judgmental community, as a condemning community, as a hypocritical community, one that only sees the sins of someone else but never sees the beam in our own eye? Should we adhere to the teachings of Jesus? Absolutely. He tells us in specific graphic detail numerous times throughout scripture, and we're going to get to them, about the consequences of not living a righteous life, one in which he commands us to, absolutely. But we must also fix ourselves first. And when we see someone else trying to do the good things, trying to do good deeds, trying to seek good works, trying to help others, trying to lift up people who just need a hand sometimes, try to be generous to those who have been outcast in our society, trying to feed the hungry, trying to lift up the poor, trying to visit people in prison, even if they've been guilty. We believe in redemption. Jesus spent his last night on earth in a jail cell. Do not prevent them just because it's not your group, just because it's not your church, just because it's not your idea. If someone is seeking good works on the behalf of God in the name of Jesus, Jesus says, do not prevent them. And you have a responsibility to follow his command. So again, if you like what we're trying to do here, if you, if, if this gives you something to think about, if this gives you value, we encourage you to, to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to this Rumble channel. Like this Facebook page. Wherever you're watching this, come follow us. Come join the community to help revitalize the Christian faith. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until next uh, or actually until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.